Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Here we go. Hey, welcome everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 42. And we're coming, yeah, hard to believe. Wow. We're coming to you from Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. And if you have a globe close by, spin that round thing around till you get to Texas. That's the biggest, what? Oh, the second biggest state in the Union. And uh, find Houston, and on the southwest side, you'll find Sugarland, the land of sugar. And that's where we are. <clears throat> This has been a great study. We are in Connect 360. This is the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship at Sugarland Baptist Church. We go through these study courses, and typically it is 12 to 13 lessons, and this is lesson number 13 of Going Viral, The Birth and Advance of the Church, uh, study of the Book of Acts. We have a great group of guys here today. And as we finish up this study, we're going to have, uh, towards the end, a summary, but we also want to plug what our next study is going to be, and it's going to be Six Battles a Man Must Win. It's going to be led by Kyle Trahan, our deacon. So, going to be pretty exciting stuff, and especially if, uh, if you like to get out there and fight. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this next study is going <laughs> to be just for you. Yeah, a bunch of <laughs> MMA fighters listening to our... Uh, into our podcast, though. <clears throat> We're really excited uh, about the panel that we have today, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'll just introduce them real quick, and then I will let them uh, talk about, uh, uh, introduce themselves, so you can put a voice with a name and uh, talk about the lesson, then I will read our, uh, our scripture, and then we'll have a uh, uh, discuss it. So, and the panel consists of Mr. Steve Titch. He is a professional policy writer. He's also a professional gambler in his time off. And uh, he's a great guy, uh, recovering from some injuries that he's had, but, uh, but he's still here and we're, we're glad he is. Of course, our uh, leader for the next uh, uh, few lessons, what, it's going to be like 12 or 13 or something like that, Mr. Kyle Trahan, he's our uh, class deacon. Uh, insurance guy, uh, but uh, he's also our deacon, so don't hold the insurance stuff against him. So, uh, <coughs> Michael Cropper, who's an attorney, and uh, he's also a prosecutor for the city of Houston. So, uh, we call him the judge, and he's here as well. And uh, the professor is here, and he's a uh, world class trainer for a fortune. 100 company, and if he has his way, it'll be a Fortune 10 company before too long. So, uh, Robert Koshu, and my name is Bill Cox. I'm the host. I'm basically a, uh, I'm the director of the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship. It's a men's only group, and that's what's so different about this that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, it's, uh, it's a man's spin on, uh, on the lessons, so um, I'm basically a um, a salesman and uh, and the director of of this group. So 
Without any further ado, I'm going to go around uh, the room and have uh, the fellows each uh, introduce themselves and talk about the lesson that we are in. The Gospel is Unchained, and this is uh, the final lesson of the going viral, the birth and advance of the church, which has basically been a study of the book of Acts. I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just briefly open up. This, this is the last, uh, we kind of cover the last few chapters very quickly. Um, the end of, um, essentially the end of Paul's ministry, uh, his, his appeal and eventual journey to Rome, and I think we learned some things both about patience and uh, doing what you can with what you've got. I'll, uh, I'll defer my other comments to later, but there's for starters. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Trahan. Um, you know, it's a, a really interesting lesson in itself. Of course, all of these have been. You know, it's, it's really interesting to study this. Uh, again, being raised Catholic and not going through this and really knowing how we got to here. You know, what was the beginning? And history is, uh, I know Robert and uh, this guy here, Steve, or these history guys. And I mean, this is the ultimate history. And so just some, some really interesting lessons. I've enjoyed this Michael Cropper. Yeah, this is about Paul, and, and as Steve mentioned, uh, this is the last lesson regarding uh, we will be looking at in Acts. We have kind of blown through Acts like a whirlwind. Uh, a lot of lessons just been awesome. We start out with the first chapter of Acts with uh, Jesus ascending and then the Holy Spirit coming and falling on the apostles and all of them being endowed with power from, from on high. And then... Toward about the middle of Acts, we, we find, uh, e by the way, each of those went out and preached missionary messages and just saw many, many people come to the Lord under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Then uh, about midway through Acts, Acts we see that a, another person is called, uh, singled out specifically, and that's uh, Saul, who is actually persecuting the apostles and persecuting every person that that trusts in Jesus Christ. And uh, he is singled out to be a man to lead many Gentiles to the way himself. And and uh, the Lord appears to him and he becomes possibly the last apostle, as he says, to see the Christ or be confronted with Christ and being asked to serve him. So this last uh, lesson we have is, is, is Paul's life. And even, even though he's in jail, and he's been incarcerated for preaching the way. He doesn't back down one bit. He's as strong as he ever was from the very beginning when he preaches the gospel. So it's a great lesson. Great lesson. The judge had to bring up the jail part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, wouldn't let, wouldn't let it go. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Professor. He's going to love this. Even these are appeals. Yeah, this, this, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, this, right. this is right. This is right. This is right. I really did. So, um, Mike kind of referred to where we started and where it came from. And this is, as Steve said, also kind of, it's not the end. Paul, actually, we think Paul did a fourth missionary journey after mm -hmm. he was eventually released from Rome and then was re-imprisoned in Rome later. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found amazing, and our book alluded to this, that this lesson really fulfills a prophecy of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So in Mark 13, 9, Jesus said, starting in verse 9, and I'll read through 11, 
You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Mm -hmm. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And that was Christ's words. They're really in the last week of his life to his disciples. And here in this lesson, we're going to see Paul not only imprisoned, we talked a little bit about, Mike kind of mentioned, or Steve did, about the appeal. And he eventually goes to, he goes to Herod Agrippa II, who was Herod the Great's grandson at the time. And then he eventually ends up in Rome and literally preaches the gospel to Caesar or the Roman emperor at that time. And so this is kind of the fulfillment of that process. He is actually in Rome now, right? Before yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, he ends Very up in good Rome point. here. Uh, Robert, you make a great point. And also, in, in the scriptures Bill is going to read to us at the end, uh, he, he quotes Isaiah the prophet regarding the Jews themselves refusing to hear the gospel or refusing to hear further the word of God. So uh, the part with Christ that you quoted uh, is, is phenomenal. And it fits in right with Isaiah that Bill's going to read too. And with that, we're going to go ahead and read the scripture. Um, Acts 23, 11 is where I'm going to start. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Acts 25, 12. After Festus had conferred with his council, he declared, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. And now Acts 28, 16 through 31. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any charge to bring against my own people, for this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of the brothers who have come from there have reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against the sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jews, of Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They are hardly here with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears 
understand with their hearts and turn, I will heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Before I turn it over to the fellows to talk, um, to discuss about this, I just want to put my own observation. It just seems like by this time, Paul really has it down. He knows what the beliefs are. He's debated with other scholars. I mean, if it's a salesman, I mean, if I could compare it to a salesman, since that's what I am, it's when you really have your wrap down. <clears throat> you know, and that's kind of what I feel Paul is at this moment. And he is comfortable and confident. And like we've seen in the, the last couple of lessons, he can talk about it to any type of group. You know, whether and it's he's the not bothered if some of them don't accept it either. He says, I'm here to present it. If you choose not to accept it, you choose not to accept it. That's the way I read the scripture because he said when they didn't accept it after he convinced them or presented, made his presentation, he said, okay. He says, they disagreed among themselves and after he made this final statement and then he goes into Isaiah and says, hearing you do not hear, seeing you do not see, and understanding you will not, uh, seeing you will never perceive, and your hearts become calloused. You just won't listen. I presented you the gospel. Now I'm going to have to go to the Gentiles, which really makes them mad. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... No, no, no. That makes perfect sense, well, though. And, and to Paul's point, in <coughs> Acts 26, 28, after he was brought before Agrippa, Herod Agrippa, that, we had talked, that I talked about earlier, uh, he says that he presented basically his story to Agrippa and Festa, or Felix at that point. And... Agrippa looks at him, and then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Mm -hmm. Paul replied, short time or long, I pray God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. And it's, as you said, he's willing to present it and let the gospel stand on its own without any other... <laughs> accruements, stories, plays, flashy lights and bells, yeah. you know, or uh, one, of, one of my bosses calls, calls a lot of what I do in training, I have to put the shiny things in to get people's attention. Right, pa right. Paul's not into the shiny things. Right. He's also no longer intimidated. Remember we, we no, way back when not. when he got yeah. first converted and Barnabas had to kind of escort him in, we don't know what was the, he, he had that first meeting where he had to kind of convince the disciples he wasn't trying to infiltrate the group and he wasn't secretly taking names. Now he's, um, you know, Herod Agrippa's going to put him on trial and he starts talking, well, let me, before we get to that, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> and, and he, for all I know, he hijacked, and he kind of almost shanghai's the discussion into being about Jesus. He has, here in his scripture, we have Herod now, instead of asking Paul, what about all these riots you're causing? He's asking, how fast can I become a Christian? Can I become a Christian quickly? Um, so he's, 
Paul is very comfortable, and he's comfortable enough. Now, it's not documented whether he actually spoke to Caesar or not. It would have probably been Claudius. Um, but um, he's definitely not intimidated by entering a court of high officials. <laughs> well, you got to figure he was stoned almost to death and then turned around and walked back in the city and started preaching again. It's like, the heck with you people. Right. Yeah. I'm here. Lord, Lord, deal with live, it. I'm going to live. If he wants me to die, I'm going to die. There you it go. doesn't bother him at all, like you said. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that's, and I think that, I'm going to say fatalism, but that's realism. That is, yeah. is more yeah. the better word. That he, he has that same realism that we've seen throughout the Bible. And I don't think we're going to get there in six battles. I know we're dealing somewhat with David. but So David and Bathsheba, the first baby they had, the one that happened because of the night that David took a gander out the window and saw Bathsheba bathing, mm -hmm. that baby gets sick and dies. Well, mm -hmm. while the baby's sick, David is sackcloth, ashes, on his face, begging God, save the baby, save the baby. Baby dies, David gets up, washes off, eats, and all his advisors are like, what the, <laughs> the, the baby's dead, you're not warning, why were you even, and David looks at him and says, look, if it was God's will for the baby to live, I had a chance. The baby's dead, God's will has been done, I'm moving on. And that is that is one of the a that's a man's lesson that there are times we have to move on in life, yeah. and there are other things there that we have to accept whatever the realism is in in that moment. And David exhibits it, and now we're seeing Paul in the same way. And he's he's facing it and going, "Look, here it is." <laughs> also, and I think you know, men can relate to this to some extent. Um, being in a bad job situation or just being in a bad situation. Paul, this, this, this section that you just read, Bill, covers four years. Yes, um, right. Yeah. He spends yeah, two, it's hard to he pick spends up on that, two years yeah. in prison in, 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 and two years in prison in, in, in Caesarea. Paul's caught in the wheels of the bureaucracy. <laughs> He's he literally as he goes through it, you know, it's, it's always got to bring in some political. Well, no, 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 no. I don't mean this I, I think the attorney is keep filing appeals and motions. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and you know, yeah. it's and, and and I think it's one of them wants a bribe. Is it Festus who want, Festus who comes out now and asks for a bribe? Right. Um, That's right. And and the rest. And then of just Festus gets reassigned, and now he has to deal with Felix. Yes. So he's almost starting so, over. Again. So there's there's two years of yeah. two years in 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 um in the Middle East still, and this is after he came back to the study we did last week with him leaving Ephesus and Ephesus and um and coming back to Jerusalem, not exactly knowing what's going to happen. So he's there for two years, and then we find out he gets shipwrecked. The section we uncover, he gets they sail, he gets shipwrecked. He's on I think Sicily for a while. Um, does a little bit of proselytizing there and ends up in Rome finally, and is there for another two years. Um, and as we said, we, we don't exactly know if he got to uh, Caesar or not, but he certainly knew. He certainly was uh, acquainted with the officials. But what, what I'm driving at is that he he made the most of this time. He did not sit around feeling sorry for himself. At least, if not not to the degree that we 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 see it recorded. Um, as you were saying, he had his, he, here he he wrote the bulk of his letters at this time. Mm -hmm. um, so so he's um, he he 
and 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 if if he if indeed something he, he may not have written Timothy completely, he was certainly corresponding with the churches he founded and the people he mentored Timothy and Titus, um, and he was he was still preaching to anybody who came to hear him. He he may not have he may have stopped going out on missionary journeys, but we were talking in our class um, if he was on if, if he was under house arrest. Um, he may have been chained to a guard, and we were wondering. And every two hours, that guard. What What did those guys talk about? What was it like being chained to Paul? Right. Well, they probably yeah. baptized him, you know, right off. But we're just going to dump you. Talk uh, But you know, also during they didn't, all, have a, they didn't have a choice, did they? No, no. But all of his time in prison. I mean, you know, what did Jesus come to do? Come to save the sinners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we think of, you know, oh, okay, well, in our eyes, we're thinking, oh, okay, he's in prison. You know, uh, modern times, you're thinking of the guy sitting in the six-by-six six cell with nobody to talk to until they let you out into the yard. You know, mm -hmm. here, you're just in a big rock wall with some bars slapped in the cave to keep you contained with a whole bunch of other guys. Well, this you know, so this was particularly time was house arrest. Well, well yeah, 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 I'm talking about the first time. Yes, right. 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 And then, and then, all of the times prior uh -huh. that and, he was thrown in prison. And in Rome, it was really, it really was, they let him rent his own house. They chained mm -hmm. him to a guard, and he got people to visit him freely. And, 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 and by this time, he was famous. Yes. And so just there, was, there was people, this. what I wrote down. Right, there was people coming to see him. Yeah, on a regular basis, and you know, in a way, that's uh, he's he's the captive preacher mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of the captive audience. He's literally the captive preacher. Well, and and it even talks about that. I think it was Felix was acquainted with the way, and Agrippa's wife was a Jewish, so they all kind of knew the story. And at one point, Festus actually makes a comment as he's writing the letter to, to Caesar and he says this man who is a leader of the sect of the Nazarenes mm -hmm. and that's literally how they mm -hmm. referred to the church mm -hmm. you know sect of the Nazarenes because it was still thought of as a, a, a Jewish sect cult. yeah kind yeah. of like off you know an offshoot yeah um Going in, but yet we think there was a Roman church by then. Oh, there was. No, I, I, I think the, there. The, that I mean, started the, in. The, 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 it from, wasn't founded by Paul, but he wrote to them at yeah, some point. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, by the way, here's the guy that wrote that really great theological treatise. <laughs> you know, because you know, Romans in, really is. It's yes. the theological foundations. All right. You know, and so they really ramped it up. Well, I find it interesting, y'all, and in, in this stepping back just a little bit, uh, once again, Paul's first ministry, again, just like Christ's first ministry, was to reach the Jewish people, mm -hmm. by all means. There, the, and, and, and then secondly, and Paul here made it very clear, since you're not accepting it, I'm turning to the Jews. And because he already, but he didn't tell them that Christ told me on the road when he confronted me, your calling is for the, for the Gentiles. He says, go to my people and preach them, and you will reach out to the Gentiles. But he didn't tell them here. So Christ started off with the Jews too. And when they turned and would not hear him, he's given his gospel and, and, and told his disciples, go out and preach it to the Gentiles, which are you and me. And thank God he did. That's all mm -hmm. I've got to say. Thank One Lord. underlying theme, and for me, this whole study has been these last um, 13 um, 
books has been uh, a study of perseverance and yes. and you know commit to something uh, commit to your belief and be steadfast and don't expect it to be easy so a lot of this is very good man stuff uh, you know these these lessons have been for me well and and part of what I've gleaned a lot out of this and, and I like and I'll, I'll go back to our title going viral and you know, we spent a little time thinking about going viral. Um, the closest I've ever had anything come to going viral, I've done two things. I took a picture in a ball pit at the end of our tech conference last year and put it out there basically as an advertisement for next year's tech conference. You know, great conference along with some mm-hmm. pictures from the conference. And that got like 1,200 views, 1,300 views, you know, and 50 shares. Nowhere near viral. You know, my stupid Christmas suit that I did back at Christmas, it got like 1,700 likes and about 80 shares, you know, and 3,000 views. Once again, nowhere near viral. But something as simple as simple as the message, Jesus came, he died on a cross, he paid for our sins, come and live eternally with him is all the message was. Go Peter's sermon at the book of Acts, at the beginning of Acts, that we read back at the way beginning of this. That was the message. Paul's message is the same here at the end. The message did not change. Some of the words changed, but it's still the same message. And it's that simple message that literally, what we see is the beginning of a movement with, we're thinking 150 to 7, well, it was 150 or so in the upper room when the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. came, right. to about a thousand within the end of a week had joined. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, if we had a thousand people join our <coughs> church on any given Sunday, I think we would need to resuscitate Taylor because <laughs> <laughs> he would be passed out. Yeah, or both at the same time. Um, to this is the point where we're at the cusp of this movement, as it's being called here, changing the world. You know, we're literally at the point where it is going to change the world. We're at the beginning of that. And it went from a room of 150 people to a movement that is at the edge of it's going to be preached to the, in essence, leader of the, of the Western world. I'll ignore Asia and all mm-hmm. that for a moment. But the leader of the Western world, the Roman emperor, who basically controlled England to the Middle East, down to North Africa, and everything in between that area that I just described. So, huge swath of the globe. And it's there at that moment. And it, the growth, and this is no more than a 20-year period of time here. Well, well this is, this is this, and, and, and theologians much wiser than mm-hmm. I, they're even theologians, which I am not, have, uh, Christians say, this is, this is that divine hand of God at work. Oh, the yes. way 
the way it spread so quickly, and it was not a militaristic no, um, spread. It was the, the way, opposite, the way, actually. I know it's politically incorrect, <laughs> but that's the way Islam spread primarily through through the sword. Um, this this uh, it was largely Paul and his followers that spread this. And yes, within um, looking at looking at the historical dates, we believe Christ was crucified around AD thirty three. AD right. Twenty nine. This years. is this That's is eighty sixty when he yeah. eighty sixty sixty four when he hits when Paul hits Rome. Yeah, still during Claudius's reign, um, and so this is thirty years. Yeah, thir- thir- yeah. And, and which which we're now in. The, so this would be the space putting it in our text, our our context. Um, we're in two thousand eighteen now. This is something that would have happened in uh, what nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, um, I was in. Uh, uh, College. Yes. So in that <laughs> space of time, I mean, you talk about going viral. Um, it's 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 it was extremely fast, and it went from literally a provincial outpost. Yes. To to the capital of the world. Yeah. Um, and 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 it was and 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 it would I would survive a lot you know a lot of persecution after this, but it was firmly rooted. It was rooted enough that when Nero came along and really began stepping up persecution, the church was still strong enough to survive that. Um, which probably and 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 uh, uh, which is, but yeah, the whole thing is remarkable about how this and 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 how this took. I'm just. And it may have been partly, maybe it was an idea that whose time came. It filled in a lot of theology. The same thing today. You look, and we talked about this with the Athenians and the Romans. Their gods were not meeting their needs. You know, that just like today, you know, fit, you know, American Fitness Center. You know, you, you can work out, but you're not going to get there. The the latest diet's not going to get you there. Your job isn't going to get you there. The things you worship today, uh, whether you know it or not, uh, same situation. They, um, and and made the idea. It was an idea whose time came, uh, and it appealed across the swath of population from the from the Lydias of the world to the Philemons. And the thing about it is, is that people throughout the ages have strived for one thing: a complete life. Yes. And. But and the modern day advertising and everything uh, tries to put products, fads on that you that will that will complete your life. However, this offered a spiritual solution or a spiritual well, way uh, for people. Piece. It, it's well, a fulfillment. To, a fulfillment, correct. To piggyback on you guys, uh, Robert and Steve, flash forward to 2010 says that Christianity is by far the world's largest religion with an estimated 2.2 billion uh, adherents, nearly a third, 31% of all 6.9 billion on the earth. Um, And then Islam is actually second with 1.6 billion and 23% of the population. So just going viral. Steve says um, much of Islam is forced on the people. We cut your head off if you don't. Yeah, right. If you're in but that was that was how it spread. That was essentially Muhammad conquered a lot of people. Yeah, and and, and so that that was the it spread across the Africa and the Middle East that way. This there's no you know we did not come. Paul did not come in with you know the galloping armies and 
and ba he basically made his case. <laughs> right. Well, and he made his case, and he did it. He did it in such a way that people had to pay attention to him. And I think the the fact that he could get even Herod Agrippa, who, if he was anything like all the other Herods, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, who actually looked at Paul, and after Paul talked to him, he kind of turns to Felix and he goes. You know, if this guy hadn't appealed to Caesar, we could let him go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think they wanted to cause a stir. I mean, they, they, they were in a politically crummy situation. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we don't want to make a martyr. Let's kick it down the road or upstairs. Right. Um, <laughs> march in the road. Yeah, let's get him out of here. Yeah. And, and, uh, um, but I think did, I, did you have more? I'm talking. Uh, did you have more stats you were trying to read to us? And we no, yeah. no. I mean, there, there we was might have something else. But sorry. No, I mean it is you know along this whole thought process of going viral and everything else. Mm -hmm. <coughs> it does say in here, Islam is growing more rapidly than any other religion in the world, according to the new report. Of course, this is 2010 information. New report uh, by the Pew Research Center that says the religion will nearly equal Christianity by 2050. What is that? 36, no. Uh, 32 years? 20, yeah, 32 years. 32 years um, before eclipsing it by 2070. That's, popular, that's population growth, I think. Mm -hmm. And it, it did go on in that article. I, mm -hmm. I kind of proved it, it's saying it's growing mm -hmm. so largely because of where they are. And mm -hmm. the population growth is booming there more than anywhere else in the world. And right. so, you know, mm -hmm. if you're predominantly one religion mm -hmm. and you're multiplying like rabbits, well, then you're just going to multiply little. I wonder, and this is down a rabbit are. hole, but I wonder if it will change. I wonder if in 30 years, with that much growth, it will by necessity change, and there'll be more. There'll be more. A lot. I mean, there's more, more diversity in it, but there'll be there'll be louder voices. Some of the more peaceful right. aspects of right. Well, and as the world, as the politics, as everything changes, mm -hmm. and you know, Christians get stepped on more and more by politics and everything else. There is going to be that time that we pop, just like every other stupid fast, you know, fashion that comes out. That we want this. Well, sooner or later, all of these 2.2 billion Christians are going to pop from just being oppressed long enough. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I think I'm with you that it's sooner or later is going to come to a head, and that statistic will change. I think one thing about it, uh, Christianity, especially from a man's point of view, though, is this: it's shared. It spreads when it's shared with conviction. Uh, when you're just sharing, you're, you're you're not doing bullet points. You're doing, how has it impacted your life? I mean, and, and not to jeopardize too much, um, a lot of my life has just been going to church, and it's been fairly routine. And in a way, I've kind of stored up faith credits. In the past three months, I lost both parents. A lot of those faith credits I've spent, you know, mm -hmm. I just needed it. Well, I just needed to. And it also, in addition to the saving grace, and that is without a doubt the number one thing, 
regular attendance, regular faith, regular faith practices, spiritual disciplines, if you were, right. provide us with a very much needed grounding. And I am, I am of the opinion, I tend to think men in particular, need that grounding more so than women. Because men tend to be, we are very, not emotionally driven in the same way women are, but driven in ways that if we don't have that grounding, we can go down dark places much faster. Well, I think uh, a big part of that is men function more as individuals yes. than women. Oh, and yes. women, women will share in their support group, whereas basically a man may be ready to break, and you'll go up and say hi to him. How's it going? He'll go fine. Well, and just I, keep and, going, and, and, and right, or, grunt, or whatever. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, and, and last couple of mornings, I've been listening to to focus on the family on KSPJ as I'm driving mm-hmm. to work. It's on at five a.m. Yeah. But and and it was guys talking. They were talking about. Couples that basically, the husband's thinking, we're communicating awesomely. We're really good. We watched the Lifetime movie last night, and my wife sat next to me, and and I asked her how she liked the movie, and she said, fine. And it's awesome. We're together. We're communicating. Well, the next day he got served with divorce papers because he wasn't connecting with her at the same level. And this helps us with that as men helps us get to that level as we look at it because it really puts it makes us consider things outside ourselves in ways that we don't think of as men I think because you're right well well right I'm fine <laughs> I think I think faith and spirituality yes is just like um, a muscle that you work out and you continually need to just have the discipline and just work it out, and it will be there when you need it. And I can tell you uh, from my own personal experience, it's really helped me. Although I never planned on it that way. Well, and, and notice it I called it spiritual disciplines. Absolutely. Disciplines require us to do things. Right, and the, and the thing about it is this example of Paul over these years did not let the circumstances that he was in deter his faith and how deep it was or the sharing of it either. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Paul actually manipulated those circumstances to his advantage. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, absolutely. You're going to chain me to a different Roman soldier every day? <laughs> Thank you. Right. And they're going to switch every... I mean, in, in, in retrospect... There is large scholarly research that supports that by the 100 ADs, so roughly 40 to 50 years from this time period, that there was a sizable majority of the Roman soldiers that were actually Christians at that time. That part of the whole, uh, <coughs> I'm blanking, the emperor that um, painted the cross on his shields before he went into battle. Was this pre-Constantine? Constantine, oh, thank Constantine. you. Well, Constantine was yeah, like yeah. 300. Yeah, but, but that by the time of Constantine, it wasn't as much 
I'm going to go with Christianity no matter okay. what. He was almost forced to by his men at some level because there was such a large contingent of Christians within the Roman army by then. And you kind of wonder, if, well, let's see, you change, the, you change a different soldier to the leading evangelist of the time for two years and you switched him out every four hours. Well, yeah, that was, that, that, was the, that was probably the climax moment, constantly. Yeah. And but yes, was, I have heard that. That was ordained by God. And, and, oh, yeah. Totally yeah. orchestrated. Oh, well, let's <laughs> play with these roles I mean, now. I mean, that's a, <laughs> a, a great true, instrument to use. I mean, it really was, for all of those out there, it really was a grassroots movement. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and most definitely. Well, this has been a great study. And <clears throat> we are coming up on a new study, Six Battles Every Man Must Win, and that's going to be led by Kyle Trahan. But before I uh, let him go off on that and give us a prelude of uh, the next study, just want to go around and uh, get some final thoughts uh, from the panel here about this study of Acts. And uh, let's mix it up a little bit. Uh, Michael Cropper. Go ahead. Thank you, Bill. Yes, I have been, uh, thoroughly enjoyed the study of Acts. It's a very powerful study, of, uh, and, and like I said, we, we could go into so much more than this presented here. We just hit on, hit on bits and pieces from the time the, uh, the uh, apostles, the uh, Holy Spirit falls on them and sends them out to preach the gospel, which Christ said would be, be our uh, great commission, and it is even for us today, even today's standards, and even up to the time uh, Paul is uh, Paul is called out to preach the gospel, so uh, it acts as a, as appropriate name for it. It it exemplifies and illustrates the acts of the apostles right down to Paul. And uh, like uh, either Robert or Steve said, we we did not finish out the whole book of Acts, but we finished out what our author of our textbook thought was. <laughs> Right, right. A good stopping point. So anyway, Bill, right. I've, I've enjoyed Acts. I always love Acts. Whenever we read it, study it, anything, it's great. Professor. Yeah, I'm I'm just really, it, it's the Acts of the Apostle, but it's really the, it's our story as a faith. It's where we came from. It's taking from, as we were discussing, the 150 people in a room who had seen Jesus and been with Jesus to, 2.2 billion. Yeah, 2.2 billion. And this is this is our this is our baby story. You know, you know, you always tell stories of your baby. This is our baby story is our faith. But then even more importantly to me, it is the story of faith. And the the our book talks about 1 Peter 3:15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And I think that's an admonishment we as a church need right now. We, we tend to get really caught up on wanting to point the finger at everybody and Oh my gosh, you need to change the way you're living. You know, Christ confronted sin, but he did it in a way, you know, the woman at the well. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the most beautiful confrontations that Christ has. 
because he's sitting there and he doesn't mean, you know, he's nice to her. He talks with her. Shouldn't have been doing that, but he'll still do that. And he doesn't mince words when he asks her, so where's your husband? You know, and that was a fishing question. He knew the answer. And she goes, well, I don't have a husband. And he didn't mince words and, you know, tell her, well, no, you really do. And he, he, and he doesn't sugarcoat it either at the same time. He literally comes back and says, you're right in saying you have no husband. You've had five, and the one man you're with now is not your husband. But he does it in a way that's not, it's confrontational but not aggressive. And I really think Acts is full of those stories. And I think it's time for us as a church to revisit that as far as how we're engaging the culture. Because Acts is our story. And we started in a non-Christian culture. Rome was pretty pagan. (laughs) Steve? Well, we we, uh, looked at... It's a great story from start to finish, and and I've done Acts before. This is the first deep dive I've done into it uh, and enjoyed it and kind of seen, as you're talking about, this growth. Uh, The point I'll bring up for Paul... It doesn't end well for him, history shows. Um, You alluded to it. It is possible that he did go to Spain. We get that um, from writings of Pope Clement, who was a pope around in the 90s, the AD 90, around 100. So it's fairly contemporary, close to contemporary. He writes that Paul went to the furthest reaches of the West, which scholars place as Spain, probably the Spanish, the Mediterranean coast, if, if, if his trips were modeled on how he did the Turkey and Greece. Um, he may have done that after he was released from house arrest. Um, Nero came to power, uh, I think in AD 64, there was yep. the fire, he blamed it on the Christians, persecution began. It's believed that uh, sometime between 64 and 67, Paul was beheaded. They, I was writing this, they, they actually think they found his tomb. Um, the writings, uh, the apoc- partly historical slash apocryphal, said he was executed on the Ostia Road outside of Rome, which is now inside Rome city limits. City, right. There's a, basi- a, a small church was there, a basilica was eventually built. They found a sarcophagus deep buried there around 2005. They never opened it, but they scanned it. They found some cloth and some bones in the, the Vatican, at least. It's considered the, the inscribing on the inscriptions was Paul the Apostle in Latin. Um, the Catholic Church, the Vatican, believes it's, it's Paul's actual sarcophagus. Um, but nonetheless, he did, not, he did not see those two billion. He, he, he built this whole thing on faith. Um, and uh, it never appears to have recanted, was willing to take this to the, to the ultimate end. Um, and, uh, and, and was, in the end, martyred. Um, but his legacy is, is terrific. Um, uh, and 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 it's it's ir- it's it's irreversible. He built the he he really spread the churches, uh, the the word of the gospel into what was pretty much then the ancient world, and which which at least for us here in America was was pretty much the foundation of our own civilization. Um, and you know he changed it. I mean, where where would we where would we be if 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 it had never reached Rome? Would uh, you know? I'm sure something would have developed, but and and but we would not. We, there, we, it would be a, it would be a different world. Um, we'd have different ethics. We'd have different senses of right and wrong. Um, that's all been. It, it's it's 
Christianity is part of our culture, whether whether one is one to like that or not. And I don't think it can be rubbed out as easily as some people really think it can be, or I don't think it's a thing that's going to ultimately... This has been going on for 2,000 years, and, and I know we hear some people on the elite side say, well, religion is something we're all going to have to get past in the next 20 years. Right. You know, <laughs> it ain't going to happen, right. people. Right. Um, you know, Paul, Paul lost the short game, but he won the long game. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and so, so it's, this, is, this is unchangeable. This is, this is here. It's here to stay. Um, for those worried, I know, I know we have people who are, who are convinced that it's all going to come crashing down. Christians are going to the it's the end of the, it's the end of the world as we know it. No, it's not. Um, it, and, and, and there's been all, you know, you can go through the whole history of the church and point to bad times, good times. The gospel survives. The gospel survived in A.D. 60. It will survive in 2018. And yeah, while you're on that, <laughs> go and say, that's so, it. For right. God so loved the world, <laughs> He gave His only yep. begotten Son. That's what's different about the gospel from all the other religions. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's out of love. That's what we believe. The gospel is based on God's love, not on His punishment for sin. All right. Thank you, Steve. I, I, yeah, that was excellent. Right. And, yeah. you know, and I would just, before I turn it over to Kyle to go into the uh, six battles that every man must win, our next uh, study. Um, yeah, I, I like what you guys have said about uh, the panel talking about um, Acts and the overall and, and the growth of the church, the viral. I, I think one of the lessons, though, for men um, that I certainly take from this is persistence and your in commitment and your faith and I've never been big at evangelizing I, I I just don't do that it's it's just not me however though like from this lesson talk about how it affects you and personalize it and that will show your faith to other people and it may help them incredibly because particularly men they're not going to show their hand they're not going to they're not going to tell you how they feel this is that's a different breed of cat and by you sharing um, your own personal faith you may change their life you certainly will change their circumstance so and with that I want to turn it over to Kyle Trahan for the next couple of minutes to talk about our uh, next uh, study, the uh, six battles every man must win. Well, first, uh, you know, just on to wrap up this lesson. Oh, sorry, I didn't, no, mean, to didn't mean to cut you off on that. <laughs> sorry about that. Yes, we did. You know, so as we've said, it, it is this lesson is called going viral, and it did just that. It went from that 150 in the room to 2.2 billion. Well, that was eight years ago, whatever we are now. But according to that statistic, we're losing the battle of winning the hearts, so to speak, as far as religion is concerned. You know, and so that means we got to step up our game. You know, we've lost our zeal to some degree, whereas the other guys, well, they still got theirs. And I understand they're populating faster than Christians are. But that's beside the point. 
you know, <laughs> we are still supposed to spread the gospel it, it, to it, it's every not about, of the earth. It's not about us having Christian babies. <laughs> it, right. It's yeah, about yeah, converting it's everyone, about, bringing right. it to and, the Gentiles. And, it, and if you think about it, it was always in the in the Book of Acts and in the Bible. It's always them talking about reaching out to the lost and bringing them. Not okay. Go get married and have fifty babies, so we can have fifty more Christians. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Reach out to your brother. Yeah. Touch your brother's heart. Good point. You know. Yeah. Um, and then th- we've got that new movie Paul coming out. Um, comes out in March. Yes. So that's going to be rocking. That should be really, really good to see, especially after just yeah. doing the study. <laughs> right. Right. You know, that should so, be really good. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, next uh, this Sunday uh, here in class, of course, we get together on Sunday and uh, after service at uh, 11.05 and uh, we get together and study. Well, this time we're going to go off topic from the regular church and uh, do a, a book, Six Battles Every Man Must Win. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big reader. I don't do it for pleasure. I don't usually break out a book at home and kick the recliner back and sit there for hours on end. I just don't do it. I couldn't tell you when I actually got this book, but I can tell you I remember reading it for the first time. I don't know how it came into my possession. I really don't remember. I'm on my sixth time through it. You know, it's it's just one of those. It's an easy read, um, and it, it's just really hard hitting. It's things that, you know, a lot of times we just don't talk about. You know, we discuss the Bible and all of that, and that's extremely important. You know, I don't want to say that at all, um, but. You know, we as men, you know, part of sharpening our swords and our iron and, you know, growing in God is learning how to just be better men. And this is going to hit on all kinds of topics. Uh, You mentioned David. Uh, We will go into David and uh, Bathsheba. Uh, But it will stop pre-child. You know, uh, it's, it's the downfall that he did that we'll go into. Um, you know, and it's it's just uh, it covers six battles, but just a lot of territory. Um, it's it's really going to be a good thing, I think. Uh, I my lesson plan uh, is kind of much like this class is is just simply a facilitator. Um, I've got some general notes on the information we'll be talking about. I'll throw my stuff out in the beginning of our course and let the let the discussion flow from there. So. Well, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and with that, uh, this is podcast number 42, Man Up. So glad that uh, you are here to join us. And if you're ever in the Houston or Sugarland area, please don't hesitate to stop by. Uh, we're Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. And we invite each and every one of you to please... Continue to tune in on iTunes, or you can find us on SoundCloud, or we're under Man-Up on Facebook. If you have a question, you can go ahead and post that, and we will uh, uh, muddy through an answer uh, <laughs> on, on the next podcast. So uh, we invite you to join a Bible-based church and get involved, and get involved in a small group. Preferably a man's group, men only, where you can be a man. And uh, if there isn't one in your uh, Bible-based church, go ahead and start one. My name is Bill Cox. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. 
dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.